What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Caleb Rutherford, the host of the Transform Podcast, and as always, I'm so grateful and appreciative of you for being with me today here on the Scattered Abroad Network. We always say go check out all of the other podcasts that are there on the Scattered Abroad Network. Go to scatteredabroad.org, and you can find out all the information there. It'll all be in the show notes below as well. Um, I always take too long on our intro, so we're just going to leave it at that, and we'll, we'll roll with what we got. Uh, this is season number six, episode number three, talking about transforming our worship. And in the last two episodes, we've had Josh Cantrell as a guest on talking about our worship. And today, he's going to conclude his three-episode stint with uh, with us here at Transformed. And uh, Josh, just glad to have you back on the podcast today, man. Yes, sir. Good to be here, man. It's, it's It's been great just being able to talk about worship. Yep. Worship, extremely important. And today, our topic is extremely important and one that we have kind of bounced all over um, without really, I guess, necessarily stating it, but we have touched on it. And like I said, um, in episode number one, I believe it was, we're going to, um, kind of overlap in a lot of these episodes, um, but we've got different guests coming on. So we're going to get different, uh, viewpoints and perhaps ways of saying things as we talk about them. Uh, but today specifically episode number three, we're going to talk about this idea of, are we able to worship however it is that we want? Can I worship however I want? And so many people in our world would heartily say, yes, you can. But we're going to look at that today and see if that is what the Bible has told us that we can do. So here's the first thing we're talking about that. Talk about um, there are a lot of methods, Josh, that people use to worship. Um, what are some of these these ways and things that people use to worship and call worship to God? Um, and why do you think it is that there are so many different things that people use? You know, depending on where you go, sadly, even if you see the sign that says Church of Christ, of course, like anything else, you need to go in and kind of investigate. We have Facebook, YouTube, right. many congregations kind of stream their services today. Right. But the different methods, I know for me growing up, there was a very strict uh, eldership as far as worship, what was going to be allowed and what was not. And I didn't really appreciate that until I you know, graduated MSOP. And of course, like any young preacher student, you get invited to certain places. And one particular time I went into a place, they invited me to preach for worship. And I just could not believe what was going on. I mean, right. you had sisters within the congregation that had microphones and they were singing parts of the song. And then you have some hand clapping going on. You just have so many different things going on. And it's so interesting that people see that as just a way uh, is, 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 it's a part of the original way of that makes sense. You know, people say, okay, we have the basis of what worship looks like, but it's okay. If we add different methods and different innovations, it's okay. If we add those things, because ultimately God says we couldn't add those things, of right. course, hermeneutics, another conversation for another day. Right, all right, right. But, but, but that is just one of the different methods and ways uh, people use that today. And I think the reason why there are so many today, because, you know, a lot of people have a notion that we need to do something in order for people to come, you know, and when we say that it's almost like we're saying the preaching of the gospel is not enough. Yeah, now, of course, exactly a lot of, you know, a lot of responsibility lays on the preacher himself, making sure he's doing his job, his studies, uh, making sure he's giving the congregation exactly what they need to help them grow spiritually and be better Christians. But ultimately, you know, when people say that, it's almost like, man, where do you really 
saying in your relationship to God? But again, back to the original question, the reason why there are so many different methods is because we 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 have to do something to make sure people come to our building. And next thing you know, it becomes a competition. Here in Atlanta, I mean, we have Avondale's indicator, and we probably have within 10 minutes to other congregations who are supposed to be sound. Right. And it's like, man, why can't we all just come together under right. one roof and worship the God in heaven? Well, they have different methods of worship sure. that we don't do. And it's almost like, man, like, you know, we just sat down and talked about these things. But, you know, the reason why there are so many methods, at least one of the reasons is because people feel as if there's something we need to add in order for the worship to be more appealing, not to God, but to the people. And as we talked about in previous episodes, the audience is God. It's not right, us. We're right. the, you know, that God, God is the one who, you know, receives the worship that we're offering up. So those are just, you know, just one or two different methods yeah. I've noticed by way of worship. I, and I think one of the common issues is that people want something new, right? People want something that has never been done before, something that Absolutely. they have come up with, something that they have introduced and they think that this is the greatest thing you know, since, since, since ever. And so, um, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's confusing to me in that. And I, I think one of the reasons, like you mentioned, you know, people to, to gain people, people want to give people what they want. Right. And they're, they're going to do all that they can to, to, I mean, there's a reason why you, again, you look at these community churches and these, all of these big mega churches, you know, quote unquote, and even not even just the big ones, but even all of these other, um, you know, religions and churches that are, that are on our street corners that we pass by, you know, on a daily basis, there's a reason why people go there. And it's because they are able to worship in a way that pleases them and in a way that gains more people. Um, and I, it's, it's that kind of the thing is it's, know the quantity over quality kind of thing right people want more numbers over you know doing it the right way and making sure that the quality of your worship is what it should be and so i think it's important to understand that um you know there it's it's important to understand the religions that are out in our world why they do what they do and why there are so many ways of doing things that are offered to god that are called worship but that are not worship and so i think you know just an entire study on the different different denominations that are in our world and different religions and the things that they do certainly is a needed study and, and i know that there are some good ones out there so let, let's go on and let me ask you this one josh what does and this is so opposite of what we just talked about right what does the bible say about what our worship should look like what is the bible prescribed for us because we know the bible is god's standard for us god has commanded us to worship but because of how important this is, God wouldn't just say, all right, worship me, and it'd be left up to you. Because okay. if you did that, you would get the chaos and the confusion that we have in our world today. Um, so there is obviously a very specific standard. So what does the Bible say about what our worship should look like? Man, that that was just something just just, just absolutely profound. You just said just, just right then and there. It, it would be one thing if God said, all right, y'all, I want y'all to live holy life. Right. Okay. All right. Y'all, my disciples, I want you to worship me. It would be one thing if God just told us to do it and didn't give us guidelines in which he wanted it done. We often and always use the account with Noah in Genesis chapter six there, how God gave Noah specific instructions. And, you know, I heard one preacher once he was making the, the case, you know, talking about authority. You know, what if Mrs. Noah told Noah she wanted a master bedroom trimmed with pecans? Well, right. she would have went against what God told Noah to do. 
And so, you know, when you think about authority, when you think about all the different things today, God has told us what he wanted us to do by way of worship. Now, of course, when you study the New Testament, you're not going to read thou shalt one, two, three, four, and in the immediate verse, just one context. And so when you look at the entire New Testament, when you put all the different elements together, as far as what our worship looks like, then we see those acts of worship. Again, the acts, we do these things, these are things that we do, they are acts, and then also of worship as well. So again, when you see what the New Testament says about worship, of course, we've already uh, talked about John chapter four, verse number 24, but I'll read again. There the verse says, God is a spirit, uh, the attitude, the aim, all the different things in that verse there. And they that worship him, they must worship him in the spirit and in truth. So God tells us the attitude. Uh, God tells us the aim. Uh, God gives us everything we need in that particular verse and teach us and show us uh, what our worship should look like and what it should be uh, in the eyes of God. I think about throughout the book of Acts and Acts chapter a 20 when Paul is getting ready to go to Troas. Of course, the New Testament reveals for us that Paul got there on Monday. Paul could have easily left, but ultimately, ultimately, we know Paul ended up staying in Troas an entire week so he can worship with the saints on right, Sunday. Right. Worship meant that much to him that he was willing to stay throughout the entire week just so he could do that on Sunday with the good brethren there. So again, what does the Bible say about how my worship should look? Again, Notice the question, what does the Bible say? Not what's popular, not what the congregation down the street is doing. The standard for our worship, it has to be the Bible. It can't just be, you know, just Googling on the Internet, you know, what other congregations are doing by way of worship. That's not right. Right. You have to do it the way the Bible says, because that's our authority and that's how we do it. Yep. No, you're exactly right. And it's unfortunate, isn't it, that so many people go to everything else but the Bible. Um, for their worship and and truly that that's what the when people do that you want that, that kind of gives you a glimpse into the way, the way that they live their life too um, if the bible is not the standard for their worship then the bible is not going to really be their standard for living um, it's going to be more just guidelines or things that maybe you can abide by if you feel like it um, but again it's not up to us it's not up to the way that we feel or the way that we think but it's certainly up to um, what god as our authority and creator uh, has stated and has said um, let, let's look at this last question, number three. It, we live in a society where we, I don't know, people feel like that we have to accept every single person for what they believe and for what they think, and that we can't tell anybody no. Um, that's the kind of society in which we live. So living amidst a group of people who are like that, how do we approach people, Josh, who are not worshiping correctly? Because there are plenty of them out there. We've, that, that's kind of the whole reason why we even have to have a season like this, because there are people who do worship incorrectly. Um, so how do we approach people who are worshiping like that when we live in a society where it's very difficult to talk to people about things that they are doing wrong? You know, I think it's so important for us, which with anything that we do, we always, first of all, have a willingness, a humble spirit. But we also notice what Jesus did as well. You know, when you understand how Jesus was compassionate, how he was kind, I think about Luke chapter 10, the Good Samaritan there, the Bible says when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Um, I know you and I, we've talked about Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, then drew near right. unto him the publicans and sinners were to hear him. 
In the Bible there says they begin murmuring, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. This is not the idea that Jesus was just, you know, these were his buddies, but Jesus ultimately wanted to talk to these people, ultimately so he could change their lives, ultimately so he can show them there's a better way. I think sometimes as members of the body of Christ, we have to get out of our comfort zone and get into a conviction zone or a commitment zone. You know, it's, 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 it's no knock for us to, you know, have a conversation with those people and, and, and have a Bible study with them. Even those of Church of Christ or those who are members of the body of Christ as well, because you have also those on the inside who are not worshiping the God of heaven the right way as well. So, of course, right. a humble mind, a humble spirit, uh, but also showing compassion with that. I think about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, of course, Paul 13, 14, 12, 13, and 14, ultimately talking about spiritual gifts there. But Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 shows us how if you don't have love, then you don't have, I mean, it means absolutely nothing. So we need to make sure we have a love and a conviction to show these people and to help these people. Again, it's not always I'm trying to prove these people wrong. It's not always I'm trying to win a debate, but I want to win a soul. I want right. these people to understand that the way you're doing it is wrong, especially in a society today that looks down on us for doing it the way we're doing it. You know, just as I know you and I, we we kind of grew up in the Lord's church. Well, just like we grew up in the Lord's church, you have some people who grew up in denominations. And so that's all they know. That's all they believe. And that's all they've heard all their lifetime. And so we have to come to them with the facts of the gospel but we also have to come with compassion, with honest, with sincerity, and hoping that these people hear us. And hopefully they will certainly worship God the way the Bible teaches us that we need to do that. Yeah, again, love is a motivating factor, right? For the way that we worship God, but also in the way that we approach people. And you need to have those relationships and that love towards people, not in a, like you said, winning a debate, uh, but winning a soul. Looking at them and trying to, and, and understanding you, you are wrong but let me help, let me show you that in a loving and gracious way. And let me help you see the truth. Because again, you flip that, that's exactly how you would want to be treated too, right? You, if you were in the wrong, you would want someone, yes, to tell you that you're wrong, but to do so in a loving and gracious way, um, not to come at you, uh, you know, throwing fists and punches at you, but you want to do it in a loving and, and correct way. And the same thing, exact same thing is, is, is the way that we need to approach people as well. Um, there are so many people who do worship incorrectly, and there are so many people who do things in a way that is not according to the scriptures. And it wouldn't it would just be so much easier, wouldn't it, man, if if people would just go back to the Bible, if they would just look at the word of God, see what it says, and then allow that to shape and to mold their lives. And I hope that uh, we have encouraged you. Perhaps maybe you are someone who worships in a place where you don't worship uh, according to the way that the Bible has has said, or maybe something that we have said contradicts what you know and, and what you have worshiped. I, I encourage you to go to the Bible, look to the Bible, to study it, to reach out to any of us here at the network, uh, to reach out someone in your area uh, associated with the Church of Christ and study with them um, about worship and what it should look like and the way that we should do it. And I hope that uh, this has been helpful and beneficial to you, as I know it has been to me and also to you, Josh. Josh, thanks so much, man, for taking some time and uh, being on the on the podcast for the last uh, few episodes. Pre really appreciate you, man. We're excited uh, for the rest of our entire season as we look at um, continuing to transform our worship. And we have a new guest coming on next week, and I'll introduce him at that point. But I certainly appreciate uh, everything that we have been able to do thus far. Looking forward to next week. And until then, may God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support 
as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.